0: Okay, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about genetics and drive. This was a topic that was suggested to me by a follower on Instagram and the Facebook page uh, by the name of Ganesh. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Ganesh, thank you for that suggestion. It's a great question, something I'm a little bit familiar with. So, I'm uh, I'm going to bring that up in regards to how genetics... Play a big role into um, into drive, and I believe the question came more from a perspective of uh, of working dogs or so protection dogs. So, drive. First, we need to understand what drive is. Drive. There is a a very simple way to to uh, to simplify what drive is, and it's a very very innate desire to do something. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail into that. But just as, you, as long as you understand that it's a very strong desire to do something. Okay, sometimes it makes sense to the animal. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit uh, more, uh, not subtle, but maybe uh, not as easily recognized up, at the moment. So for instance, just, just to give you an example, uh, you know, we have dogs that have drive, drives that make sense, you know, like um, predatory drive allows the dog to, allows the animal essentially to eat. Uh, sex drive um, it's important for procreation. So there are things like that that make sense. A drive really is something that will benefit the individual, or will benefit the species. If it doesn't benefit the individual, if it doesn't benefit the species, um, you know, it, it's really not something that uh, typically will be under the category of drive, okay? And I know there is a lot of talk as to what certain drives are. A lot of people, not a lot, but but I've heard people kind of make up drives, where maybe maybe they're not necessarily drives, maybe it's just something else that is being observed. And this is where, you know, with the whole, oh, well, you know, if you have two dog trainers, um, the only thing two dog trainers can agree on is that the third dog trainer is wrong. That's such a common thing in, in dog training. And really what it boils down to is, yes, that's understandable. Dog trainers do have different lenses. Um uh, Your experience and my experience will lead us to see slightly different things. But at the end of the day, we should be on the same page with basics. We really should be on the same page with basics. You know, like if I have a – if you and I look at a tree and you go, hey, that's an oak tree. And I look at that same tree and I go, no, you're wrong. That's a cedar tree. Uh, Yes, we're both looking at a tree. But one of us is wrong. Right? Or maybe both of us are wrong. So it's not about, oh, well, you know, I see an oak tree and me going, well oh, no, hold on. I see a cedar tree. No, one of us is dead wrong. Okay? But I'm not going to spend too much time going into that because, um, you know, that will create some additional questions, which I'm very happy to uh to go over. But, uh, you know, there's already a lot of information out there uh, on on the complexity of DRIVE. I just want to close it in for the specific question that was asked. That way I can make this episode very relevant to that. So now that we have an idea of what DRIVE is, remember, it's something, a very strong desire to do something, and it will serve the species or it serves the individual – now we're going to go into how does that affect the dog, you know, how important is that, what's the connection between that and a dog that, you know, will be a, a protection dog. And it's super, super important, okay? You cannot get a dog that hasn't been bred for a specific purpose and have it excel in, in something that you're thinking this is what I want the dog to do. If if you have a specific goal in mind, right? Let's say your goal to simplify your goal is A. Just simple letter just A, the letter A. That, that's all I'm asking you to, to visualize right now. Letter A, that could that could um that could represent whatever you want it to be. It could be hunting, it could be protection dogs, it could be It could be scent detection, whatever you want it to be. Imagine that the letter A represents that purpose. If the dog that you're looking at has not been bred for purpose A, the dog will not excel at purpose A. Or it's very unlikely that the dog will excel for that purpose. Let's say that dog was bred for purpose B, right? And you go, well, I don't care if the dog was bred for purpose B. I want the dog to do A. Well, if the dog was bred to do purpose B, but you want that dog to do purpose A, it's still unlikely that this dog will excel with purpose A. It could, I mean, it could even do well, but it's not as likely, right? This is where you get people that will get off-breeds and they'll go, oh, I'm going to get the off-breed and I'm going to do this sport because I want to go against the grain. And it is perfectly fine provided that that dog has a certain set of drives or, or uh, traits that, that um, resonate with purpose A, but if, it, but if it doesn't have those traits that resonate with purpose A, that dog will not do well, okay? And this is regardless of breed. I mean breed is, is a, a huge indicator, right, that, that the dog is more leaning towards a specific purpose, and now let's, let's, let's put a, a couple of uh, clear pictures as to what purpose A and purpose B are. Let's say for instance, purpose A, just for the example, okay, for the simplicity of, of this example, for the simplicity of this episode, let's say purpose A is protection training, bite work. And let's say purpose B is, let's say, hunting dogs, retriever dogs. Okay, so if you go well, I want to do purpose A. I want to do protection training. You're better off getting a dog that was bred for that. And you might say, "Well, cause that's easy. Just get a la get. I'm sorry, get a uh, German Shepherd or get a Malinois and a Dutch Shepherd, right?" And yes, looking in that pool of breeds, in that pool of dogs, you're more likely to get a dog that will do better with purpose A. Now, those of you that like the off-breeds, that's no insult, okay? Yes, we know your Doberman can do it too. We know your Roddy can do it too. We know your Ken Corso can do it as well. But I'm, I'm just simplifying it for, for, this, for this example. So if you, if you look at purpose A, that's protection training, and you go, well, I'm going to look into the German Shepherd, the Dutch Shepherd, the Malinois, and I'm more likely to get a dog that will do purpose A right? And if you look at purpose B, hunting dogs or retriever dogs, you could go, well, uh, what those am I going to look at over there if I wanted to do that? You're probably going to be closer to achieving purpose B if you select some breeds that are more geared towards that type of work. Your labs, your golden retrievers, etc., etc., right? Um, there are certainly some breeds that will be more likely to excel with purpose B, okay? But you might go, well, that's easy, and then just pick one of those breeds, but that's still not the case, okay? that's There's still a little bit more complexity to that because you might go, okay, well, that's easy. You know, we'll just said, and a lot of people do this, and I see people do this. They just get a Malinois, a German Shepherd, a Dutch Shepherd, and the dog does well with protection. So I'm just going to go ahead and get one. Now, here is where it gets a little bit tricky for people who are kind of new at this. You can't just get a, uh, a German Shepherd, or a Malinois, or a Dutch Shepherd um, and go, well, got it. I'm just going to get one of those and I'm going to do protection training. Not always, okay? Especially with the, unfortunately, with the indiscriminate breeding that is taking place lately. Okay, like really over the last 10 years, maybe even more, where breeding, definitely more, you know, breeding more for, hey, there's a demand for this breed, so let's breed those. I see them. I know those people. You do too. Okay, we know those people that breed just to breed. They go, well, have a female and um, and you got a male, let's just get them together and let's have more puppies, right? And Or they have the quote-unquote oops litters, the quote-unquote accidental litters. You're not fooling anybody. You you don't have an accidental litter. We know exactly what you did. We know why you did it. Um, and so there's a bunch of people like that. And yes, I'm not saying that oops litters, accidental litters don't happen. They do happen. But I <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to get uh, too detailed with that. But... You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Okay, go to the uh, go to a, a a Malinois Facebook group, and and you'll see what I'm talking about. You will see, you will see the demand. You will see the supply and demand if you join a a, a Malinois Facebook group or a Working Dog Facebook group. You'll see people that come on there and go, "I'm looking for a puppy. What do you guys think?" Or "I'm looking for a." Uh, you know, they'll they'll ask for specific colors for Malinois, or for specific colors for some of the other working breeds, or uh, or people will jump on there and go, hey, I have a litter of this, or I have this dog and this dog, we're gonna have a litter pretty soon, and they're gonna be available, and and there isn't a whole lot of backing up behind that. Well, because of that, because of the the supply and demand of certain breeds. And naturally, the more they become, the more popular they become. The more there is a, a demand for those. Uh, now, what happens is breeding becomes less meticulous, and breeders just jump out of the woodwork, and they just go, "Let's, you know, let's just get some puppies." People like puppies. People like you know the Malinois, the Dutchies, or, or this color Malinois, and let's just breed for those. Well. To kind of wrap up this little rant, when you have that going on, and you have the person who is maybe not very aware, they're trying to do the right thing, but they're beginners. They truly don't know. They want to get into this, and they end up getting dogs like this. And you might go, well, they got a Malinois, they got a German Shepherd, so they that that dog should be able to do purpose A, protection, but. You go back to genetics, right? You go back to what have these dogs accomplished, right? What what is it that these dogs are, you know, are being bred for? What's their pedigree? What's uh, you know what what's the um, what is it that these dogs have accomplished? When you have that, when you have a, a good history of accomplishments, you have a good lineage, then your dogs are more likely to excel. Okay. So it's not it's more than just getting the you know, getting a German Shepherd or getting a Malinois or a Dutch Shepherd, um and then going, okay, well we're gonna do protection, they're gonna do great. No, not necessarily. The dog might not do well at all. Okay. So getting the right type of dog, it is a matter of selection. And even if you do have the right lineage, even if you have the right the right parents and you have the right litter there is still no guarantee that every single pup in that litter is going to excel with purpose A. Okay, I'm really trying to simplify it. Hopefully, this makes sense to you. And um, and if it doesn't, if it needs more clarification, feel free to let me know. I can expand on it a little bit more. I just wanted you guys to kind of have an idea about how and why genetics are truly important. Okay, I see it at my club. Um, You know, I've I've worked with a lot of dogs at my club that have come and gone, and we have a lot of Malinois. And I'm telling you, it really you really see the difference. Okay, you truly truly see the difference on how genetics have a huge influence on how well that dog will do. Okay, genetics are truly truly important. Now if I go to purpose A and you go, well, you know, you could get a lab and that dog will do great as a retriever dog. That's again, that's not the case, okay? You can get a you can see labs or lab mixes at shelters or people that will will breed golden retrievers with like no drive. Uh I I've seen dogs and I know I know this lady that breeds these super slow like very little drive to do much of anything. Golden retrievers that are more like white golden retrievers that just move at the speed of... God, I don't know. I don't even know. So slow. Very little drive, and what does she breed them for? She breeds them to to be companion dogs, or I think I think she said her purpose. The purpose was to try to make them. Uh, Either therapy dogs or something like that. But then you go back to why are we breeding a golden retriever to not do retrieving? That's a whole nother topic that people can get really heated about. Um, My opinion, working dogs should be bred for working. If you want a working dog to be your pet, primarily your pet, do not get a working dog. Get another dog, right? Seriously, get another dog, um, and I'm getting a little bit further away now from the topic at hand, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop that and I'm going to go back to to the question. So yes, genetics play a huge influence in that type of uh, how much drive this dog has, how much prey drive is there. There are dogs that you work in protection. They're very prey-oriented. I mean these are dogs that, that are very, very quiet, very stockish. They're drooling a lot. Uh, or they're at the end of the leash doing this high-pitched whining and barking or no barking at all because they're just in so much prey drive that they're so um, – they're, they're not even thinking about vocalizing. They're just at the end of the leash going, oh my god, give me that tug. Give me that tug. And you see the prey drive more on these dogs. And then you see some dogs that are more on the – not as much prey, prey driven but they're a little bit more on the defensive side okay? They're, um, I'm not saying like they're they're fearful dogs, but you can see some really nice dogs too that genetically, they're more on the, they're more on the defensive drive. They're more on the defensive side. I mean, they still have prey drive. You can still work them in, in, in prey mode. You can still do protection work like you do with the other dogs, but they activate a little bit different to different types of, uh, different types of stimuli. So that's, how genetics really influence the drive so that was a great question uh if you guys like this this episode make sure you subscribe make sure you follow me on instagram facebook subscribe to my youtube channel and if you have any questions any topics that might come up that you um you feel like i could give you a little bit of a of different perspective on something Let me know and I'll be more than happy to make an episode on it.